Hey everybody, it's Anime Stroganoff. <laughs> I'm Lilith. And I am Eli. Really excited there. I, pre- I, I, got, I got confused for a second what show we were on. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, doesn't matter. It's Anime Stroganoff and we have a non-filler episode, I guess. Uh, Eli, what are we talking about today? All right, today uh, we are talking. Well, we've got a a small charcuterie board. I cannot pronounce that. It's French. Uh, today, uh, this is both a sort of mini review of Elena, uh, kind of a revisit. Not a re. Not a re. Not a redoing. Never redo anything. Uh, but a revisit slightly of the key of Kino's journey. And I'm going to be kind of going into depth about uh, journey stories in general. I can't wait to hear about it. I've been waiting for this episode for a while. I've been waiting to make this episode for a while now. <laughs> Just never never knew how I wanted to do it. That's fair. So I guess without any further ado, uh, take us off. All right. So uh, taking us off. I suppose the first thing I should specify is what I mean by a journey story. Because if you take just like it at face value, pretty much anything could be a journey story. I mean, just about all films or TV shows or books or something have like movement in them. You can journey across the street. But uh, this is not a... I'm talking about this. Specifically, I'm talking about and there are there are so many different ways to do a journey story which is one of the reasons why i love them and i'll get into that later uh specifically more of the and i don't want to say this but i have to because there's no other way to bring this point across to be like the kino's journey-esque journey story like not a not a story about not a journey told as a story but a story about a journey and yes that is needlessly confusing extremely but elena elena came out uh last season uh, uh fall of 2020 for yeah fall for 2020 record. for all you time travelers out there uh and made our list not Necessarily entirely because it was fresh in our minds. It certainly helped. It certainly helped. But, uh... And, I again, I, I'm going gonna, gonna to be comparing a lot of things to a lot of other things in this. Simply because I need to give frames of reference. But... Like it's a lot it, going into it. Like the basic way to describe it was, oh, it's Kino's journey, but not. And it's it's its own thing. I mean, it it follows a lot of the it does it does not shred the same ground as Kino's journey. I, it follows a similar method as Kino's journey, but uh, it is its own thing. Uh, Elena is a Certainly very different and interesting character to Kino. Uh, Elena is smug and egotistical and smug. 
she she's funny she's interesting yes she she again doesn't get involved with a bunch of stuff but i mean that's that's not what that's not what it's about kino she she kino has her own definite personality as well but it's a lot more subdued and you'd have to you have to really watch it to see it come across because Elena is just Elena's just on a journey. Kino is on a journey, but she, it's also and this is this is why I'm gonna have to make a lot of comparisons. I hate. It's not that she's a blank slate for the audience, but she more or less barely reacts to things in order to allow the audience to form their own reactions to things. But enough about enough about Kino. And enough about Elena. Well, not enough about Kino and Elena. That's literally the whole point of this of this uh, episode. But the the journey story. And p- part of the reason why I wanted to slightly revisit Kino's journey again is because I feel like I spent too much time talking about Kino's journey, like the as a show, and not like Kino's journey itself. Uh, one of the one of the complaints that you got from Elena a lot, which I suppose you could also levy at Kino's journey, is just how it can have some pretty drastic tonal shifts. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, the episode where she's hunting down some crazy psycho lady who breaks into people's rooms at night to cut off their hair and fashion them to dolls. And that sounds really creepy, just saying it, but it's played entirely for laughs. And then the very next episode, a small child who's a serial killer and potentially a cannibal has her head popped off her body. Like you would pop a little pimple, and that is... That is a very (sighs) morbid description, but accurate. (laughs) I mean... Uh, that, that episode of Elena, that, that, that's about as dark as Elena ever got. Uh, and part of this is because, well, one, I'm in, I'm an anime only for both Kino's Journey and Elena, but Kino's Journey also has a lot of material to work with. Uh, Kino's Journey gets that dark multiple times, and then it will suddenly not be that dark, because... You know, screw having a consistent emotional tone. Uh, Kino's Journey is the show where uh, you have her visiting a place and then watching an entire town full of people she just met and, like, partied with uh, die in a volcanic explosion. And then we deal with the town where children are freaking lobotomized and they murder strangers who come across... And in the very next episode, uh, she's having a demolition derby against cannibal sheep. That's Kino's journey. <laughs> you know, horrifying. You know, you know, utter horror on one side, and the other side, it's like playful digs at the ASPCA. 
<laughs> like it was like oh yeah we used to uh have like we bred sheep to be man eaters and made them fight to death for our amusement but then some assholes at like some animal rights organization made us let them go and so there's now a swarm of cannibal sheep wandering the countryside attacking and killing passerbys and yes Kino finds a skeleton of a dude who died because of the cannibal sheep but it's played for laughs, and it's utterly hilarious. So it's it's got a very varied tone. It, in one episode, she bungee jumped off a mobile fortress city to shoot rockets out of the air with a sniper rifle, while the city shot a massive laser cannon at Nazis. Why does that sound like something Trigger would make? <laughs> And then the very next episode, like, this dude is dealing with a dark conspiracy aboard a ship that's brainwashing people and potentially murdering them, and the boat's being run by fascist AI robots. The tonal shifts can get messed up. And Aleda does that kind of well, going from, you know, episode one, episode two, happy-go-lucky... Then episode three and four, like, you know... Not so much. <laughs> not so much. Then everything gets all happy again. Yay! And then there's a serial-killing child who... Uh. <laughs> yeah. And normally I will complain about massive tonal shifts in something. Uh, I, 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 This is one of the few complaints about these things that I will understand. As like a complaint, yes, they do shift massively in tone for seemingly no reason. But I think kind of because they are not happening sequentially. That each one is happening in its own isolated pocket of time. In its own isolated like place in the world. That it enables it to be... It enables you to shift gears very quickly without you know, suffering too much whiplash in the process. As long as you're willing to switch gears, right? As long as you're as long as you're willing to shift gears, yes. I almost want to think that just like by front loading the two two like fairly, you know, deep and not two fairly dark episodes of Elena, like right at the beginning, which turned a lot of people off, uh, was more or less to inoculate people. Uh, against the fact that this will go places, and those may not be places you want to go. Yeah, that's a fair enough warning, I suppose. But, uh... Like, the the Kino's Journey, uh... Journey of Elena, Girls' Last Tour... And I'm gonna throw one out there, one more out there, through Rule of Three. I'm gonna throw Mad Max out there. And okay. I'll, I'll, I'll justify that later. Okay. Uh... These journey stories, they allow you to tell. They've 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 a free form style. Like they can allow you to tell differing stories about differing things. It's 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 like it's a free form narrative. You can have something happy go lucky, like oh yeah, let's go on a classic style adventure, and then oh then let's do let's do noir a little bit. Or, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's do, like, a heist film. Yeah, let's do a heist episode. That'll be fun. 
and because it's again each one's insulated in its own little pocket of time it doesn't necessarily feel weird you can go to a lot of different places because the central premise is that you're going to a lot of different places like you get it yeah i get it um something that popped into my mind is like thinking of like a role-playing group uh, who's playing a bunch of different games every week but just using the same characters yes the the characters are the same but the, the story is always changing but the people in it are always the same you always have the one grounding thing keeping it together while you can meander off and do all sorts of new and explorative things uh like you know elena is a lot more fanciful and a lot less a lot more classical adventure uh kino's journey and girls s tour delves into telling more like humanistic stories about you know humanity itself our place our relationship with each other uh mad max uh leans hard on the on both of those let me let me let me talk about that real quick so i realize that mad max is more or less not 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 any one individual film the entire franchise of mad max uh i realize that that is pretty much this to a t but instead of being told in like a 12 episode format it's being told in several you know hour and a half two hour chunks like the first film is just all it's all set up it's episode one of elaine it just sets up the world and lets you know what's going to go on but in each mad max film they are completely divorced from each other the only constant in them is max they have you know vague strange continuity errors between them even and that's because you know I'm going off of you know what the director out the director and writer and all that outright said is that it's not like it, it don't it's it's the story of Max as told by other people. It's literally people telling stories about a guy named Max, and like any time a story gets told over and over again, it changes each time. So that's why you have strange changes in between them. That's why you can you know, swap out actors. That's why you can literally pull, make things that you know were destroyed in one movie show up again in another movie and get destroyed again. It's because it's it's a journey story, and it's it's it's, it's pretty. I mean, it's, it's Mad Max. It's a pretty freaking good one, and it's it's probably how versatile you know the journey format is. I didn't realize that that's one of the reasons why I liked Mad Max so much until I started thinking about it. Mad Max is a it's it's a it's a western journey story. Western and made in the west, not it's set in Australia, it's not a western. Yeah. But pivoting pivoting back to anime. Pivoting back to anime. Uh yeah, the, the journey story. So, you know, the... I think I, I described the, the, you know, why... Not why the journey story. I described how and what the journey story, you know, uh, 
you can you can do so much with it. it can be so creative and interesting you know the freedom narrative like i said but part of you know what makes because there's an entire genre of american films like literally road movies just about people going on road trips that that I mean they're they're everywhere like <laughs> the sonic I, movie you know that that probably counts <laughs> have not watched the sonic movie but uh, that's not the point this is not about the sonic movie <laughs> uh, I, I just wanted to throw that in <laughs> anyways because not just in America, although you see this a lot in America, you know, the inherent, you know, freedom in taking a journey, just like, you know, you know I'm going to, I'm going to piss off and leave today. Like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to drive to Indianapolis and I'm going to get my picture taken with the Jimmy Rockefeller. I don't freaking know anything. But I'm what, what I'm saying is, Elena wants to travel because, well, she, literally she wants to travel. <laughs> Kino wants to travel because she wants to travel, and neither one of them ever want to really stop, because for them, traveling is their life. It's not, they don't want to settle down, they don't want to, you know be stuck somewhere because they enjoy the freedom that comes with traveling uh chito and yuri in girls last tour you know they you know, they don't necessarily want to keep traveling but i they the the ketten crowd is their home you know they don't ever just like ah eh, let's they have to keep moving but they also choose to keep moving. They could, you know, stop at any time. It would be a bad idea, but they could. But they choose to keep moving because... <laughs> you know, stopping is unthinkable for them. You know, in Max, in Bad Max, I, I said I wasn't going to bring it up again, but I am. Uh, he refuses... At, every, at the end of every film, he's given the chance... To settle down and join with the community. Sometimes. Most of the time. Okay, so, like, all three of them. <laughs> all, <laughs> I say all three of them. There's four movies. I'm excluding the first one because the first one is uh, not pertinent to this discussion. Yeah. Uh, and he always just leaves. He pisses off. Sometimes by choice. Uh, sometimes not by choice, but in the end, he always just leaves. At the end of every Mad Max story, he leaves. There's another really good example, really good series that is a very interesting perspective. I, I I wrote I wrote it down my notes, but I wrote it down the very far bottom, so I forgot to mention it until now. Uh, this is a very very interesting perspective. There's this Canadian TV show. There's actually two Canadian TV shows. One came out in, like, the 60s, and then there was the other one in the 80s, uh, called The Littlest Hobo. Please, please contain your laughter until, until, I, until I finish explaining this. So, 
there's these this show and the the second series is not just a reboot is technically a direct continuation so I, I feel safe in just describing it as one show it is about you know your classical wandering hero who goes from place to place and has all sorts of adventures remember there's one episode where the hobo helps a russian ballet princess or something defect from the soviet union and escape the kgb guards and then there's another one where the hobo uh stops a political assassination on some dude's kid by like canadian terrorists and then there's another one where the hobo's helping some old coot mine for gold in some random hole in the ground there's another one where the hobo parachutes out of an airplane to save a child into a wildfire to save a child who's been poisoned. Uh, something I forgot to mention. Well, I didn't forget to mention. I deliberately omitted it. But you're gonna you're gonna hate me for not mentioning this. <laughs> the hobo's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sitting here like suppressing my laughter this whole time <laughs> because I believe I have mentioned this to you before. Yes, you have talked. To- you actually showed me clips of this. Yeah, because I love this show. And it's a it's a very interesting take on the journey format. Uh, it's, it's a freaking dog. <laughs> some sort of like, and not even just like a normal, it's like some sort of like, like the, the next stage in canine evolution or like some genetically engineered something from a lab. It makes no sense. It's completely stupid. But there's just a dog parachuting out of an airplane. You know, fighting KGB agents. <laughs> you know, stop defusing a bomb. The dog defused a bomb. The at one point, the dog like literally like pretended to be like a ghost and haunted a guy. And it's a dog. <laughs> and the best part of all, number one, is no one ever questions the fact that it's a dog ever that's like rule number one of the series rule zero literally like they're attaching a parachute to the dog that dude's like huh you know i can't help but get the feeling you might have done this sometime before and then just push the dog out of the airplane (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Uh... and at the end of every episode like, literally, they're like, oh, hey, you know, we should probably, like, adopt this random stray dog that just stumbled upon us. And they turn around, the dog just, like, literally walked off all their back was turned, just pissed off, said, see you later. <laughs> I'm out. Every, not every episode has the dog literally walking into the scene to start the plot, but in, a, a, in way too many, like, the, the, the people just be sitting around, then a dog walks, they're like, oh, hey, there's a dog. Oh shit, plot is happening. And then the plot's resolved, the dog leaves like, huh. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it is a weird take on the on the journey story. It's Canadian. So it's it's also a pretty interesting just, you know. Someone once told me it was like one of the cornerstones of Canadian culture. And I don't think I can think of a more Canadian thing. Well, then just a dog running around being a general helpful, like, I'd say person, but it's a dog. It's like being a general helpful person to people. 
like, it's not like the like the dog never just like doesn't go full lassie, but like the dog's like, oh hey, you know, just gonna help uh, help this guy who was wrongfully convicted of murder, and uh, then I'll be on my way. Yeah, <laughs> I I still will never figure out how that dog knew how a VCR worked. but another interesting take funnily enough i think i i I mentioned you know bad max littlest hobo you know other examples none of these are american i suppose that's just because america you know when i mentioned how the journey story kind of is you know almost symbolic of freedom we have a we have a lot of stories about that you know the the car in america has long been symbolic of your your freedom to just go places we built a massive road system across the entire country connecting everything so that you can go from one coast to the other all on your lonesome you can if you want to you can just travel the width and breadth of the entire country on your own and there's i mean really there's nothing stopping you uh and and people have uh john steinbeck this this is this is the american example john steinbeck wrote a book well first john steinbeck was uh was dying or at least convinced he was dying he actually survived uh, several years after this but he knew that he wasn't going to last long regardless so he basically was like, all right, uh, pack up the car, uh, taking my wife's poodle with me, and I'm just going to drive across the entire country and just see everything and write a book about it. He went like 10,000 miles, and he, you know, he wrote a book about it. And the book is of questionable veracity, whether or not it actually happened, all the things he put into it. But... It is, it, it is the story, it is probably one of the quintessential Steinbeck stories, and it's just about him going around and collecting stories about the changing America, because this was, this was 1960, and so basically, he used the journey story format to tell a slightly non-fiction story about his experiences and his views on the changing America. And, you know, it shares a genre with a, with a, with something in which a dog runs around fighting cybercrime. <laughs> People try to steal microchips from a factory shares the same genre with John Steinbeck. I think that's I think that's kind of the true the true magical beauty of the journey story. Just the the unlimited freedom of narrative it gives you, the the ability to have an ever-changing plot where nothing is fixed, everything can change. You have the same characters, but the, the I mean, the the setting is always different, but the setting is always the same. But uh, how do I put that better? I get what you mean. 
Yeah. Like uh the setting cha- the setting is the same but the environment changes. Yes. I mean it's not just the inherent desire when you, when you think about you know humans and just their inherent desire to explore things, to find new things. I mean go back a thousand years. Go back 2000 years. The average person w- could, you know, maybe reasonably in their lifetime walk to the next village over. Like, y- you you could walk as far as you wanted. Like, people did. They crossed continents. But the average person reasonably, they can't leave their community. You know, a thousand years ago, it's the same. You know, it's what until the 1800s, like 85% of marriages were between cousins simply because people didn't travel more than 20 miles from where they lived. And if you have people in a 20 square mile radius, just all interbreeding for thousands of years, everyone's just going to end up related to each other. So for the average person, you can't, you can't go on a journey. You know, class, you know, old, uh, what's the, fairy tales. You know, it's always the thing in the woods. You know, the it's always over the next mountain, there's a mystical kingdom. It's always just beyond your reach. Because you can't go there. And today, you know, you can, you can go there. <laughs> I mean, you can drive from Illinois to Texas in... Well, less than a day. I'm not saying it's going to be a fun journey, but you could do it. You can drive across Texas, and I mean, Texas is like 700 miles across. That is a it's a big state. It's, it's a big place. America's uh, I think, a couple thousand miles across. <laughs> I know that I went from like Houston to Fort Worth, and just one day of nonstop travel. God, never let me do that again. I'll try not. But how far does the average person actually travel from their from their home? Not I know it's not too far yes. in general. You know, we we have the ability to go on incredible journeys now. I mean like a, a plane ticket's like what, a hundred bucks to cross the country? I think so. You know, depending on the airliner. <laughs> Yeah. But even then, you're not seeing everything along the way, are you? If you take a plane, you're they call it flyover country because you're flying over it. You're not seeing it. If you take if I, if I take a trip to Paris, I've been to Paris. I I've, I've been to the Paris airport. I've not been to Paris, but you're seeing again like a what 20 square mile area and then you head back home. And that's it. It's yeah, the inherent... Probably. I'm saying that people can go places nowadays. They can go so many places and see so much. But you can go... It's it's all about getting places. Like the, It's like the sweet spot of technology. Where going on a journey became easy... And getting to a place became fast. 
Like in that in that little middle bit, everyone could could go on a grand epic journey. And now you can you can hop on a plane and you can be in like you can be in a city full of thousands of years of culture and art and meet new people and have an entirely new outlook on life. I'm not saying don't travel. <laughs> I'm not saying stay home and just read books all day because, you know, screw everyone who isn't within 20 miles of you. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, the journey is appealing because people don't go on... Oh, people never really went on journey journeys, but... It's like that meme. That stupid meme. Where it's just like, I was born too late to explore the oceans. And I was born too early to explore the stars. But I was born just in time to browse dank memes. <laughs> so I suppose part of what you're getting at is some, sort of the uh, universality Yes. Of the journey, of the concept of going on a journey. Thank you. That's that's what I'm trying just to get at. To a place, but the journey itself. Yes. Everywhere is a place. If I travel down the street to the gas station, I am now in a new location. But there's nothing. Well, I mean, there's something special about that gas station, but that <laughs> is not necessarily a good special. <laughs> Every place is a destination, but when you string destinations together, that's when you get a journey. And that's, in my mind, much more interesting than any one destination. I suppose it's a <laughs> bit of a quantity over quality approach, but... True. Um, well, because you can also have quality destinations quality or at least quality experiences at destinations and it's a it's a balance like you said of quantity versus quality yes i think this is what uh what what, what the the best way to distill down my point is if you if let's say you go to to chicago it's been a while since i've been to chicago but let's say you go to chicago like you arrive at the airport, you're now in Chicago. But you don't stay at the airport. No, you go to the Sears Tower. You go to uh, the Chicago River and hope it's not on fire that day. <laughs> <laughs> they cleaned it up real well. Like, that's... that's good. I'm trying to think of Chicago landmarks. Uh, you let's, go let's, get let's Chicago go style deep dish. Let's go with New York City. Fair enough. You know, You go to New York City. Uh, pr probably more people know about New York City than Chicago. Fair enough. Uh, you visit, uh, you visit Central Park. You visit uh, the the Natural History Museum. Let's, let's then let's say you. I don't know what's in New York either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Broadway, Wall Street. Well, yeah, Broadway, Empire to, Empire State you, Building. Yeah, Empire all State the, Building. All the restaurants. You you went to New York City, but you went to a lot of different places in New York City. It's not... It's not just that you went to New York City. It's that you went through New York City. You took a trip through New York City. You didn't arrive, stand in one spot the entire time, and go, Oh, yeah, nope, I've seen New York City. 
<laughs> I've seen Chicago, I've seen Detroit, I've seen Houston, all these other places. In the end, you even like taking a trip to one place is going to wind up being a small little journey someplace. But I'm saying, why not make it more than that? Don't just think about the places you go to. Think about the places you travel through in between. You might find something interesting. That, that's really all I have to say. <laughs> so one thing that I've been thinking about while you've been talking about this is um, the concept of the hero's journey. Because I know I have I, a feeling some people might... What... <laughs> I, I literally had the, had it in my mind. I practiced saying this. I forgot. Uh, oh, okay. The, the journey story means. basically is literally the hero's journey made manifest. I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, that's my not, own personal issues with the hero's journey in it's general. It's not the hero's journey, literal. Like it's not the literary device. The hero's journey. Okay. But I'm saying, if you were to take the hero's journey literally. At face value, that's what a journey story is. The whole point is not—it's not their journey to some. It's not their journey to some metaphysical place in a narrative. It is their journey. It's so the hero's journey. The idea, you know, at the end point, you know, they've matured as a person. Blah 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 blah. I don't care about the end point. I care about watching the journey. I think I screwed that up somewhere. But what was your point again? Some of the hero's journey? <laughs> well, I just wanted to bring it up because um, I feel like uh, maybe a lot of people might confuse the concept of the journey story with the hero's journey. Okay, so that's Which what is perhaps a lot more common, in at least in, Amer in American media. Yes, the hero's where, journey. you know, something happens, you're pulled into a story... Yeah, call to adventure. You go on a, like you go on like an adventure, and then you return in some way to your original home. I think maybe Elena is probably the closest example of this because she has somewhere to return to. Yes, she feels her. She gets her own call to adventure. She has a mentor. She goes out and has an adventure. But the story that we see aside from the very beginning, is of the journey itself. And part of it is the disconnection from time of the journey story, where a hero's journey shows a very clear delineation of here is where the hero matured and they grew. But in a journey story, as we are, as we are discussing it, our, our quote-unquote hero doesn't necessarily grow. Like, they'll grow within the episode, but fundamentally they're the same character from episode to episode so that you can do you can watch it in pretty much any order. Yes. Um, I actually don't know where I was going with the hero's journey thing, but just how... The hero's journey is not the journey story. Yes, that it's, is. It's a very different type of literary device. The, the problem with the journey story is that 
uh what was what was that supreme court justice who in like his ruling on what constituted pornography or not was i'll know it when i see it i have no idea it's that with the journey story i know it when i see it it is you can list out a thousand criteria but pretty much by definition or at least pretty much by virtue of being a journey story it's incredibly hard to pin down pun intended (laughs) there's a there's a I could probably go on for another two hours, but that would basically just involve me talking about nothing but Girls Last Door. <laughs> uh, which I'm not going to do. That is that is entirely an episode for another day. But, oh, uh, absolutely. You could talk for like three hours just on Girls Last Tour alone. I could probably talk for the length of the entire like five and a half hours it would take to watch Girls Last Door about Girls Last Door. And you still wouldn't be done talking about it. No. I think I might have actually spent many, like, over five cumulative hours just talking about Girls Last Tour. Girls Last Tour, <laughs> that's another journey story. Um, there's another one that, that recently I found called World's End Touring, which is... It's, that's it's the one the, that's it's, coming it's, out it's next the, yeah. season? No, no, that's something completely different. Oh, okay. World's End Touring is the journey of Elena to Girl, to Girl Last Tour's Kino's journey. And I think I screwed up the order of that metaphor, but I don't care. <laughs> And yeah, there is another one, come uh, another show coming out next season that has a Japanese title that I cannot pronounce, but that is looking a lot like a journey story, and that that's like the only show I am currently excited for at all in like 2021. Well, I guess it's the only one's not a sequel. Uh, Somali and the forest spirit or whatever that's called yeah uh that's another one i have not i really wanted to watch it i just it completely slipped my mind to watch it before today i was going to but i apparently thursday stopped existing (laughs) apparently i woke up today i thought it was thursday turns out it's friday so that looks like another journey story I did watch the first episode of that when it came out, and uh, it's probably a journey story. It it definitely has that feel of like going from place to place, although it probably has more of a uh, linear feel. Yeah, and journey stories can be linear. Yeah, uh. <laughs> yeah. I I know I made like a point earlier how you you can like mix it up, but in some cases you can't. <laughs> I, again, that's part of just a journey story. You will you 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 can't know until you until you watch it that that's what it was. You can't know it was a journey until you're done. I mean, Lord of the Rings, I believe, would count as a journey story, but that's uh, that's complicated. Very, it's a, it's a very that's a very complicated uh, thing. It's more of a war story, to be honest. It's a war story that's also a journey story. That's also a thing for people with a foot fetish. I don't even want to know. Hobbits. <laughs> oh my god. I was trying to be clever. It... <sighs> you weren't. All right, then. In any case. <laughs> In any case. I uh, got a bit rambly there. But uh, you, you get freaking Wanderlust talking about 
literally stories that are more or less about Wanderlust. I once was <laughs> sitting in a Randall's parking lot in my car eating chicken strips. I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know, do I really feel like staying here? <laughs> and I just sort of like started thinking to myself, like, hmm, I should go somewhere. Well, just in my car eating chicken strips. They weren't even good. <laughs> I've eaten way too many meals in a Randall's parking lot. <laughs> and that's, well, that's a, story a story for another day. For another day. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, Kino's Journey, great. Journey of Elena, great. It's own thing. It's not just Kino's Journey, but... Uh, I won't say to what extent it was influenced by Kino's Journey. It definitely seems that way, but it is inspired it's not copied i was actually watching i was paying very close attention and i didn't necessarily see anything that looked like an outright copy of a keynote's journey episode so that's good well that's good all right well that's uh that's anime stroganoff yeah that's anime stroganoff thanks for listening uh go check out the discord the twitter and our website, because uh, we have a website now. We have a website now? <laughs> yeah, it's very basic. It literally just has a bunch of links to where you can watch it. And then the the podcast contact info. So you can get in touch with us. I can't believe that like AnimeStrokeEnough.com wasn't already taken as a domain name. <laughs> Is that, is that our domain name? I mean, it's animestroganoff.card.co. So, I don't think you can have doubles of those of a card site. <laughs> That's card with two R's. In any case, we will talk to y'all next time. Uh, yeah, talk to you all next time. Next time should be exciting. Oh, boy. Yay! Yay! It's this. It's the winter twenty twenty one. You know oh, what that means? Oh boy, I am. Sequel cannon. Oh god. Uh, I thought twenty twenty right. was pretty dry, and then twenty twenty one happened. I'm like, oh my god, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always a chance something unannounced could sh- show up out of nowhere in summer or fall. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So, until next time, I have been Eli. And I have been Lilith.